Blog Talk Radio. This is Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. And I'd just like to say to everyone, I just want to encourage you today and let you know that the Lord loves you. If you don't remember anything else, remember that our Lord, he loves you. And we're all going through some tough times right now. And sometimes you can feel as though the Lord is not near, that he is far away, but he is with us and he loves us and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Glory to him, the most high. So the title of my sermon today is called Over the Hill. And the reason why I call it that, I'm going to focus on the place in Scripture in Acts chapter 17, place called Mars Hill. They also call it the Arapagus. And Mars Hill in biblical times in Greece, in Athens, Greece, this hill, uh, they they would use it to do legal matters, pass legal judgments and a place almost like a a courthouse or where they would hold court. And it is also in Greek mythology that um, the Greeks believed that Mars Hill was the place where the Greek god Ares, the god of war, was put on trial for killing the son of the Greek god Poseidon. And it's a very interesting place and Paul was waiting there uh, in Athens for for Silas and Timothy to show up. And he noticed something about this place. And it's something that I've noticed when it comes to even the body of believers. There are so many other things that are being worshipped along with the Lord. And I've, I've, I know people, I've known people that say that they're a child of God and they uh, believe in the move of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and water baptism and uh, Yeshua, Jesus as the Messiah. But then they believe in other things as well, um, like they followed the astrological signs, you know, Pisces, Cancer, Gemini. They're given into uh, maybe even a little bit of voodoo. And uh, I I knew a lady, I actually worked with her, who said she was born with a veil over her face and that she was a moon child and, and she had these gifts. Uh, from being a moon child, and uh, she practiced astrology and and these other things. And you you run into people who believe in the power of, of crystals, that they have uh, divine spiritual powers that you can use. They believe in amulets. They may go to fortune tellers. Uh, people I've encountered that use tarot cards. Ouija boards, and these things are all 
part of unclean spirits, part of the 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 kingdom of darkness. And we also have other religious beliefs, and we believe in other uh, false gods. And there are people who honestly believe that Mary, the mother of our our Messiah, is divine, and she was not divine. Uh, they try to mix in uh, nowadays. They call it chrysalom. That's when they combine uh, Christian beliefs with um, Islam. And so we just throw religion in everywhere within anything. Multiple religions that we try to follow while still saying we're children of the Most High and we believe this religion and we believe that religion and then we just kind of combine it with uh, biblical beliefs to create really a whole new religion. And we really don't know the Lord because we truly knew him and truly were close to him, we wouldn't be doing these things. We wouldn't be trying to seek out other things, but there are people who just like to know new stuff. Where we, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, the Lord is doing a new thing. They want something new. They, they've read the Bible, yes, and they've uh, prayed and everything, but you know, I want something more. I need to continually hear something new. I need uh, uh, something uh, I consider fresh, not just this, this Bible, but I need other things, and there are people who think that way. And so Paul was in Athens, Greece, and I'm going to start reading in Acts chapter 17, verse 16. And it reads, Now while Paul awaited for them. He was waiting for Silas and Timothy. While he waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentiles, worshippers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there. Then certain Epicureans and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, what does this babbler want to say? So Paul, is, he's walking through the city, they have, um, he's walking through the city of Athens, and he sees all these idols everywhere. And he's provoked in his spirit. He he can't believe, or maybe he can believe all these false gods and idols that the people are worshiping. And so he gets provoked and he starts uh, teaching in the synagogue and teaching in the marketplace. And then the certain people, Epicureans, philosophers, and in that time and in that city there, they were these people. Uh, these philosophers and Epicureans, they were around teaching anything, anything that caught their interest. And then they call him Paul, a babbler, and they hear him preaching. So I'm going to continue on. Others said, he seems to be proclaiming 
I'm calling, sorry, a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus or the Mars Hill saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of what you are speaking. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time and nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. How many times have you heard that in the body? Your place of fellowship? The Lord's doing a new thing. I feel he's going to do something new. Uh, we we need a, a new move from the Lord. And people get caught up in this. They want something different. And so instead of really truly focusing on things of the Lord, instead of truly getting into the Bible and studying deep, because the word of the Lord is living. And ultimately the the word of the Lord became flesh and dwelt on earth and walked with men and took upon our sins and died for our sins. But we don't keep digging into the word because you can continually Read the word. I got saved when I'm, I was 30. Now I'm um, 54. In those 24 years, these past 24 years, I continually read the Bible and I keep seeing new things in it. I don't have to go to another uh, religious belief. I don't have to pursue false idols. I know his word is alive and there's so much that continually gets revealed to me from reading scriptures I've read many times before. But as I grow in the Lord and I get closer and know him more, I understand more. And when I study, I, I find new, not new things, but things that I didn't know. It's not new. It's new to me, but it's not new. It's always been around, just that as I got older and matured and I studied, it was revealed to me what was really being said, that I had a misunderstanding. And uh, in the scriptures, it says, with all you're getting, get understanding. And a lot of people will read the scriptures but not get the true understanding of the context of what is being said. And so they they tend to get bored with the word, and then they'll start looking into these pagan religions, following after false preachers, teachers, prophets. Like right now, there's this prophecy going on here in the United States that I heard. I don't know if it was made it worldwide or outside the the United States, but there's a prophecy and um, the American football this past uh, February played the game called Super Bowl and uh, a team called the Kansas City Chiefs won and there's this prophecy that if the, when the Kansas City Chiefs won 
the Super Bowl, whoever was president would become uh, some great leader that would raise up the, the body of Christ and cause the church to become uh, so great and powerful. Or the president of the United States right now is Donald Trump, and I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. This is not a, a political statement. But now people are, are telling me I have to vote for him if I call myself a Christian because of this prophecy that uh, these prophets or prophets sent out. And because the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, that means Donald Trump is, a, is almost like the second coming of Christ almost. And I'm not going to base my uh, political decision on who I'm going to vote for for president over some weird prophecy that people are listening to. That is not biblically based, and I will not follow it. Now, I'll pray and seek the face of the Lord. Father, who do you want in the White House? If he reveals to me Donald Trump, then I'll vote for Donald Trump. If he reveals that he wants me to go a different route, then I'll go a different route. But I'm not going to base my decision on some weird prophecy over a football team. That's just nuts. It's, 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 it's insane. And so Paul is dealing with these things, and there's, we're still dealing with them now. I'm going to continue on reading. So he's here at the Air Pegas or Mars Hill, and the people want to understand what he's talking about. So Paul continues on in verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Air Pegas and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. The unknown God. Yahweh, our Lord, our God, our King, the Father of the Messiah, the unknown God. They they know he's there, but they don't have a true understanding and knowledge of him. They don't have a relationship with him. There's no intimacy. And that's happening now in the church, the body of Christ. We're, we're so caught up in everything else that we... Uh, worship, and we may not see it as worship, but let's be honest. In most fellowships, I'm not going to say all, but let's say there there's there's different fellowships, different uh, church organizations where they lift up the pastor. I mean, he literally has become, or she has become a god unto them. Whatever the pastor says. It's the law. It's divine. It's it's really even surpasses the Bible in the eyes of some people. They don't need to follow the commandments of our Lord, commandments of their pastor. And they pretty much worship the, the pastor and follow the pastor around and they glorify the pastor and and they don't see it as them worshiping this person. 
but it is. They also worship the building they're in. And uh, let me just say this, a building is not a church. The ecclesia is the body of believers. He dwells not in buildings built by the hands of men, the scriptures tell us. He dwells in his people. We are his building. This is, uh, I believe First Corinthians, uh, I think chapter three, and it says we are his field. We are his building. We are his, his co-workers, basically. We're in uh, league with the Lord to do the will of the Lord. But he dwells in his people, not in buildings built by men. But people worship these buildings. They're just there's some buildings that are just so beautiful. You look at them, and the architect and just architecture and just beautiful is is a great work of art by men. But it's not a church; it's just a building. It's a place you can come. Yes, the fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that, but please don't call it a church. It's a building. You can call it a fellowship hall, where believers can come together. Yes, the fellowship. But we shouldn't go broke. We're getting debt making these buildings, and which some people do, and because they almost come to worship that building, and then we worship our technology. That's a big thing. Technology is big, and there's nothing wrong with technology because the technology can preach today. So there's nothing wrong with it until. We get so caught up in it, and you know a lot of us spend a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, TikTok's a big thing now. Twitter. We get caught up in um, just, you know, FaceTiming and uh, texting. And so technology has become, even in the body, God, you know, we got to have the latest technology inside our fellowship halls and we got to have the big screens we have to have the best sound equipment we have um, all types of ways to especially now to virtually reach out to people like I'm even doing now and we get caught up in it so much that we almost worship it as a God and so we have these different things we worship the maybe you have a praise and worship team. Oh, we got the best music, and we're putting out uh, music CDs, and everybody wants to hear our music. And so you start worshiping uh, the praise and worship team, or your choir, or or a certain member who's very gifted in maybe singing and, and playing instruments, and you get caught up in them, and you get caught up in uh, the ministries you you do at your fellowship, and. Oh, oh, yeah, we reach out to the poor, and it's just so great. And you start just worshiping the ministries in your church. Oh, we have the biggest youth ministry in all the city. And, oh, we have the biggest uh, uh, children's ministry. And, and before you know it, you're worshiping things that are not the Lord. And he's in there somewhere. We, oh, Oh, yeah, by the way, praise the Lord. You know, we suddenly remember the all-powerful father of all creation. And he becomes almost like a footnote in our bibliography and 
instead of becoming instead of being the preeminent Lord of all creation that He is, that we should be putting Him first, our first true love, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And so Paul is witnessing this at Athens that there are so many different idols that they worship that they acknowledge, yeah, there there's there is the Lord, but he's unknown to them. The inscription's said to the unknown God. Oh, we yeah, we've heard of this, this God that the Jews are supposed to be worshiping. Um, we don't know him, but we know uh, he exists. So we we threw a little something something out there for him. We got a look. We got a little altar. We got an inscription. You know, if anybody wants to go over there and uh, worship or pray to him, they can. Um, so you know, we 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 acknowledge he's he's there somewhere. And maybe one day uh, we'll get to know him. And now that Paul's here talking about him, well, well tell us about this guy. So then uh, we could, you know, have a little bit more knowledge because we like to hear new stuff. This is new. We're, we're excited because, you know, this tickles our ears. They're not looking for salvation. They're not looking for the Lord of all creation. They're not looking to truly Worship him and him alone. They just want to hear something that they haven't heard before. And so Paul is now standing here and he has the opportunity to give them truth. And it says, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with that with made with hands. He does not dwell in temples made with hands. And I go back to these buildings and we call them churches. And oh, this is the house of the Lord. He doesn't live there. He lives in his people. His dwelling place is in us. We have to get over the hill. We have to get over having this place where we worship everything and then we tend to then remember, oh, yeah, let's give some uh, um, time to um, the Lord of heaven. We really don't know him. We really don't focus on him. We're not deep into knowing his presence. We're not deep into knowing his commandments. We just want to hear different things. We just want to basically be entertained. And that's a big problem when it comes to the the time of fellowship. We want to hear our favorite song. We don't want the pastor to preach anything too painful for us to hear. We don't want to hear truth about how we get caught up in sin. Oh, don't don't preach on my sin. Yeah, I'm I'm sleeping around even though I'm married or I'm sleeping around with married people and yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a drunk. I like to drink. I like to swear. I mean, I never really had a experience with the Lord, 
but everybody else tells me I'm saved because I repeated a prayer and I never had an encounter with the Lord, but uh, I went up there up front and some guy said, I'm going to say some words and you repeat them. And I repeated them. He said, okay, you're saved. So I'm saved. So what do I have to worry about? I, I hit the bar and, and I told all my drinking buddies and everybody bought me a, a shot of tequila or, or vodka. And, uh, I was so happy that night, and I met this woman, and I went back to her house, and we had some good sex, and and then you just don't want to hear that. So you get a preacher that goes your ears and uh, comes up with stuff like the, the football team that won this season means that this president is going to be like the second coming of the Messiah, and you like to just hear different things, weird things. And you don't care because it, it entertains you. Get over the hill. That's not a place where you want to be. You don't want to be surrounded by false idols. You don't want to have a weak relationship with the true king of all, Yahweh. You want to know him intimately. Don't get caught up in worshiping things that have no value. Don't be an Epicurean or a Stoic philosopher. Don't go up to Mars Hill unless you plan to go up there to preach to them about the unknown God because you know him and you desire others to know him and to come out of this false religion that is even trying to take over the local fellowships. Yes, I'm feeling provoked in my spirit. I had to preach this. You may not like it. You may not like me. You may not want to listen to me anymore. But I have to honor my father. And I have to tell you the truth. Lay down your false idols. Lay down your false worship of these idols. Stop waiting to have your ears tickled. Know him. If you do not know him, you need to know him. If you if you have not had a true experience, uh, experience a true salvation, when you were sorrowful and repented of your ways and turned towards him and, and been water baptized, completely immersed in water and received the gift of his most holy spirit. And now you walk in his spirit and you're seeking and searching out his scriptures to know his ways and what he wants of you and what you must do for him. If you have not done this you need to repeating another person's words that never saved anyone it's not even biblical this the truth these are just lies and people just like to hear the lies over the truth because they tickle their ears and make them feel good about their sin 
I still need to go before the Lord daily and confess things and ask for his forgiveness, that his mercy would be upon me. Let's get over the hill, people. Let's get over the hill. This is Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. As always, my honor to serve you. I love you. I pray you still love me. May the Lord be with you, the one and only true living God of all creation. And may you have a true and blessed relationship with our Father. Have a great day. Take care.